If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm George Chen, and you're listening to a special episode of Subdoc, a show where we talk to our interesting friends about documentaries. This is one of our biopsy episodes where instead of a documentary, we watch a rip from the headlines fictional account of a true story. And today we're covering the Shonda Rhimes Netflix hit, Inventing Anna, the story of Anna Sorokin, who went by Anna Delvey, a persona that was convicted of larceny in 2019. Delvey rose through New York's social strata and convinced many institutions and people to loan her money with a fake German heiress backstory. And this nine-part miniseries dramatizes the saga with Julia Garner, playing Delby. And our guest today to discuss Inventing Anna is comedian and musician Lena Malbro, who fuses her experience as a skilled facilitator and educator of justice, equity, inclusion, diversity in all her creative endeavors. She works in a number of genres from turning the documentary experience, mapping privilege into an award-winning play, How to Be a White Man, to blending jazz, comedy, and storytelling with her band, The Moon and the Man. Luna has been featured on NPR, PBS, AJ Plus and Glamour Magazine, The Atlantic, and much more. And she's also the chief vibe officer of Joy Channel, an org that brings together creatives and change agents to transform culture. Uh, we're transforming culture today, Luna. Welcome to SupDoc. How's it going? It's going good. Are you are you caught up? That's a long ass. That's bio. a lot. I know. I I I, and then <laughs> I sent I, you a much shorter bio. You sent me a shorter one, but then I was like, I, everyone should know all this stuff you're doing because you do kind of everything, which is kind of amazing. Like we know each other from comedy in San Francisco. You're now in Chicago. Um, I you know the play thing. I that was a couple years ago. The play thing. I, yeah, I know too much about the play. Yeah, yeah. And um and and tell me a little bit about Joy Channel because I think that's the most recent thing. And I don't that's know the most recent that, thing. Yeah. So I just kind of had this realization over the past year where I was just like, <laughs> so like you just said, like I do all this goddamn shit, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's also all kind of connects, right? And mm-hmm. like I used to have to have this like very, for lack of a better way of saying it, right? But like a very Hannah Montana kind of existence where I'd like train all these organizations and diversity, equity, inclusion, and then I'd put on a little wig and then I'd go and perform and like be a comedian or a musician. And then I was just like, actually, the creative stuff is blending into the equity stuff and the mm. equity stuff blends into the creative stuff. And mm-hmm. really what I have is a skill set and merging both of those things. So let me just do that. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially what Joy Channel is. And I work with a team of other creatives and collectives who do the same stuff. Oh, awesome. and that so, they are multifaceted <laughs> folks who work in equity, but also have like a creative background. Now, the Hannah Montana reference is just that you have to like be two personalities, not that like Miley Cyrus goes around doing diversity, equity training. <laughs> exactly. as as know. This is a wrecking ball against the patriarchy. And the white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> not not at all. Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, I you've d- you do so many different things. The music thing we were just talking about, um, you are you have a lot of experience in comedy. You've always 
been musical, but you're now just taking that to a more, more of a, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I should say serious. I don't know how you characterize, like what is, you know, like, like you're still uh, doing standup occasionally. Are you yeah. still doing a lot of standup or I'm still that? doing, yeah, I'm still doing standup. I had a, like, it's, it's, it's based on COVID that has been forced mm-hmm. to, <laughs> it's been forced to be a trickle, uh, less than like a waterfall. Like it used to be, but like, I found like doing that force, like, I love music. I love performing music. You know, George. I yeah, mean, you yeah. know how it is. Like, it's addictive. Like, it's uh, addictive. all kinds of performing are kind of addictive, is what I'm really like. We we kind of had to go cold turkey during like COVID in terms of like no live performance. You don't get that juice of like live. I've only done like a few things since like. Well, baby, you in LA? Yeah, I'm in I'm in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> like around around <laughs> June of 2020, people uh-huh. were like. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna catch time, it. Gonna, right? The Chuckle Hut variant is about to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Midwest life. How's Midwest? Uh, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into some of this stuff uh, as as it goes on. Um, I kind of forced you to watch this because I was did. just like, dude, I want you to be on the show. I want to do something, and then we were just like kind of coming up with obviously a ton of good documentaries have come out recently but sometimes you just want to watch kind of this wasn't a hate watch but it was like um i i barely knew anything about anna delvey from before other than like i enjoy a scam right like i enjoy it there's so many good scam things in our culture at the moment there was like a lot of a good spate of scam uh documentaries that came out like lula rich was a you know the uh do you know about the little row leggings a little bit yeah i feel like the thing about scams i i didn't i also didn't know about this woman either like Mm -hmm. i didn't i kind of remember hearing about it a little bit but it's so funny watching it when she's just like i'm the most famous person ever i was like i didn't know about (laughs) you girl what (laughs) and i didn't say up on pop culture (laughs) yeah also I love your impression of Julia Garner's impression of Anna Delvey, which is like, I, I am so conflicted because I'm like, Julia Garner is very good in Ozark mm-hmm. and a couple other things I've seen her and she's good, but I've also seen her kind of like be not a good actor. I think possibly I, I, I maybe that's like, I'm, I don't want to put a value. Maybe I shouldn't put a value of good, right? Like I started watching, do you watch dirty John? The movie. It was in Dirty John. She's like the daughter in Dirty <gasps> John. Oh my gosh! I saw. So I saw Dirty John before I saw Ozark. Like I saw mm. Dirty John like maybe years ago. So mm-hmm. I don't. Re- I I just remember Connie Britton being yeah 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 so relatable and <laughs> as she always is yeah um and it Dating just the like, Hulk <laughs> yeah it was just really funny to see just the emergence of like what I would call Lifetime movies on yeah. Netflix in general. <laughs> I'm just like, this is a lifetime. This is very lifetimey for me, including inventing Anna. I would say also kind of speaks to that lifetime genre. <laughs> like, yeah, I was I was listening to some podcasts. I think it was like you're wrong about and they're talking about true crime in, in general and um, sort of like that. This genre has existed for a long time. Right. It was like. It's just that it became weirdly prestige in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always kind of like 
a lifetime type of situation before. It was always somehow randomly women's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it still just, kind of is, right? I like, feel like true crime is very, one of like this is when I first started doing comedy, like, oh, like 10 years ago. I hate, mm-hmm. by the way, saying that. You know, I don't know how you feel. Like, I don't tell anyone. I don't I tell don't, people when I started. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm going to start stopping because like, people yeah. are like, how long have you been doing comedy? I'm like, yeah. And long enough that some of my friends have Netflix specials, but never mind. Let's keep, let's keep yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Long enough to be like, oh, I know the, that person on this show right now. Like there were a couple of familiar faces that popped up on Inventing Anna. Um but anyway, uh, yeah. By the way, uh, shout out Claro Kane just got a writing job on SNL. Good for her. She oh wow! It just got. I just read that on Twitter this morning. I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. Oh my god! Uh, oh, people that awesome. started around the same time as us. <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah, for no, that. Happy for her. Happy for her. Yeah. But yeah, like I. Oh, one of my. I just was saying, like, I used to have jokes around about like SVU. And oh, how yeah, it's yeah. such like I don't know like what it is about SVU is just so comforting to watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that's a thing, but it is a thing. I I like that this is one with no body count, right? Like I think like this financial scams and frauds. Like okay, so there's a there's a point in this series where it's a it's nine episodes long. It could have been seven, I think. I think the last two could have been way tightened up. Um, there is a point at which Anna Sarkin, aka Delvey, uh, is staying with Billy McFarland from the Fire Festival, <laughs> and like, is like at dinner with someone playing Martin Shkreli, also a great uh, financial scammer. Also a re- had a recent documentary on Hulu. Um, but it's like, it's like, oh yeah, all the like, uh, they just need to hang out with Elizabeth Holmes. Like all these people need to just hang. They're all like fake it till you make it like hustle culture like i don't i would say they're not victims but i don't there's there's all indicative of the same mentality somewhat you know right i think that's like our scam our scam culture our scam leaders like our our, girl our scam boss. leaders exactly yeah. scam <laughs> <Our> culture girl- <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah it kind of uh made it to the big leagues in 2016 mm-hmm. there yeah and arguably before then but whatevs uh yeah I mean, there's sort of like also it is interesting that it's sort of like uh, this is a female, a female, female driven show. Right. Um, the main protagonist is actually is not Anna Delvey, because as you're trying to construct a story around this person who's like her motives are incomprehensible. Right. She's like very like I'm like how you can't build a story around someone who like I guess. If you okay, if you take like well, let's take the improv, right? Like you just heighten, right? She she heightens, she fucking heightens. Like she does not, she sticks to, she yes ands the situation like extremely, like to the point like like the the why run it again. This is my phrase after watching this. Just like every time a credit card goes, just run it again, run it again. <laughs> oh the why the why did you get the why did the why go through? It's it's so bad, but it's like oh. <laughs> You gotta respect the commitment in a way. I'm like, yeah, oh, she's at the it. point where like she kind of believes her own lie is what it feels like. Yeah, it's uh, like she's lost in it. Also, I'm glad you said you liked my uh Julia Garner impersonation. Because <laughs> I'm gonna do more of it. I can't, yeah, I can't, yeah. can't stop. It's like it's hard to watch this show and not jokingly with friends be like, ah, oh my god, my bond because I'm so <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like it's a little bit like a, an 80s snl bit <laughs> it's a valley girl kind of it's like german russian valley girl it's a oh, lot it's of so it but like i can't I'm like up here. <laughs> i have a question what's you wearing you look poor Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Is she, is she good? Is she good at it, like, though? It, like, because like, there's no... The, I read an interview, they're like, basically, they're like, well... Anna Delvey was a Russian pretending to be German and like kind of has her own weird accent. But I've seen interviews with her. I'm like, she does not sound like Julia Garner. Oh, really? They, I don't think they sound alike. I think like it's just a very, a very odd choice along I mean, one of the greatest choices for like a lead character in a show to just be <laughs> almost like just distractingly like taking you out of the moment. <laughs> I mean, honestly, for me, I would say it worked. Because okay. I I believed not knowing anything about Anna Delvey. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, I find myself like, I'm not following her on Instagram. I refuse to give her a follow no. or a like, no. but I have looked. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's happening now? But, you know, I, I for no one who's like not knowing anything about her, I found it to be like really intriguing. And also it's just so ridiculous. It's like, people believe this woman? <laughs> It's like it reminds me of like like uh, Benicio del Toro in like The Usual Suspects, just <laughs> like a straight mumble the whole time, and like that's like you feel like what a genius, what a genius. He just decided to be. I rewatched that the other day for for no reason other than like why it's not? On. It's always it's on. on. It's Kevin, on. 
Kevin, uh, Kevin, uh, not Spacey. Oh, Kevin Spacey, obviously. Kevin but Spacey, um, yeah. other Kevin Pollack, also his main credit. <laughs> um, God. Okay, you mentioned also uh, that it's cool that some of the characters in this, like there's like Neff. We gotta we gotta love Neff. Neff is a play by Alexis Floyd. Um, like one of the best character. Like when a character on the show like actually like sets boundaries. Ooh. It's like kind of like, oh my God, you blew my mind. Like that's something you can do. You can just set there boundaries with so, people. There were so many between Neff and Laverne Cox, like uh, Laverne Cox is great, yeah. So many great boundaries. I I think, okay, so you when you were like, you forced me to watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the the kind of the pre prefacing briefing for this, it was just like, well, what what did you like about it? What I liked about it, what I did not expect was that there were, there were so many black women in mm-hmm. Anna Delvey's life and that they were real. Like, I, at first watching it, I was just like, okay, Sean, a good job bringing, like, black women in on the show. And then, like, actually looking and being like, oh, she had black female friends for real? Like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And, like, they're the best characters on the show. They're the best like, characters. Yeah, honestly, like, um, the main protagonist that we kind of see this story through because, like we said, basing it on like an insane like Kaiser Soze type um bringing it back to the usual suspects you have Anna Chlumsky uh my girl classic my girl uh from Veep as Vivian Kent which is a fictionalized version of the actual journalist who wrote the story the, the initial story uh who's one of the producers on the show yeah. uh whose real name is Jessica I don't know why they fictionalized her they just needed to I don't know create some extra distance but um Anna did a good job I think as a person who is you know tracking down all the inconsistencies of the story and we kind of there's a lot of time jumps which I mean I guess they work there's also like a structure I don't know how I feel about where like it's really it's got it's really inconsistent I have no idea like Look, like we're not TV writers, but I'm like, well, how do they break this down? No, we're not, George. Claro Kane's not on this podcast right now to talk break story, but um, it's such a convoluted story that like it there's like sort of like, firstly, uh, a, a couple about the, the first three episodes feel like they're connected to each other, and then after that, you start to get into like individual people's like yeah. interactions with. Which honestly, that's like what I liked more. The first you like that better. Okay, I like that better. It was hard for me to like grasp onto caring, mm-hmm. and the first three episodes. But I think when I got more connected to the other folks in her life, mm-hmm. then it was it brought me into care. But I have a question for you, George. Yeah, Are sure. you how many Shonda Rhimes shows have you watched? I've watched at least season one of Scandal. Okay, and then I definitely like lost the plot somewhere in season two of scandal but i was just like this is hilarious but also like um I, yeah maybe watch two seasons of scandal i'm gonna watch two, and you see a lot of the same people jeff perry mm-hmm. my scandal heads out there <laughs> he plays oh, they're uh, called uh, gladiators yeah oh and, and a few other people from also the return of anthony edwards can we talk about that for a second like, where's my homeboy Anthony been this whole time? He is so good as Alan Reed. Just an uptight New York financial dude. 
just so uptight but like from er and like and like where he hasn't been around for a minute yeah since. i i like barely remember his face and i never really watched er i never really got into that but like having watched i never watched gray's anatomy either so yeah. i don't know that but having watched like scandal and i would say specifically um how to get away with murder Shonda, like, I don't know who her editor is, <laughs> edit, but they're doing very similar kind of like quick, quick, really weird kind of cuts back and oh, yeah. forth. And I'm just like, what's happening? What's the time? Happening? Like, not just the time jumps, just in general. Also, like, really distracting these titles that do not go on every episode, like maybe every other episode. There's like a fun title where it's like, you a sliding door or like a coffee shop and the sign is like this is I'm like is this fargo like that's kind of like they're trying to make it like fargo but it's yeah. like not even cons- the, the consistency there's not a lot of consistency in this i'd say that's my main shoot because you've got like this different structures happening i i agree that like the storylines where you kind of focus on the experience of certain people like that does bring you in a little bit more because i i, I but the second or third episode it's like if you don't care about Vivian's career and her baby, which is like kind of hard to really. I, mean, I, didn't I don't really care. <laughs> it, and yeah, right. It's like or like the fact that she cares more about Anna Del. I also don't know if that was based on a real thing, but like like the fact that she's sort of has this husband who's just like just around to be like, hey, you know, you're have you're pregnant, right? And like, I know, but I've got to solve the mystery. Right? What's that guy's name again? Oh, the actor's Anders Holm. I've, I've seen him in some stuff, but like he's like this long-suffering husband. Um, oh, um, I know I'm jumping around a lot. I have ADD. Um, You're another Shonda Rhimes editor right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like Shonda Rhimes. Or also, um, I by the end, I was like, I kind of hate the music supervision on this show. I know like classically, like... <laughs> they revolutionized music supervision and music licensing with Grey's Anatomy. And I'm sure it's like the same people, but I kind of like everything. It's like this, maybe it is because this is such a late 2010s story. All the music is the same type of music. And it's always like the lyric is somewhat a literal connection to what's happening. And I just was like, man, I'm kind of sick of this music. (laughs) Um, I am and like I'm just like paying more attention to music supervision in general. But um yeah, those there's definitely these stylistic things which are like super random. Like some of it's very soap opera y, but I feel like Anna Chlumsky is very in the universe. She's like acting her ass off, I think. She does a good job. Great. She's amazing. Um, Adrian Moyed, uh, who is Stewie from Succession, just the perfect like New York uh-huh. asshole. Just he's been a New York asshole and everything is great. He's amazing as a lawyer, Todd, who is like, at the end, you see the real lawyer. I'm like, oh, yeah, they they cast it up with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so rude. I'm sorry. I'm just I look, I'm a bald middle aged man. Let me just take my shots. Um, um, I do really like uh, in Anna Chlumsky's world as a Vivian Kent. She's in she's sort of a disgraced reporter for something that was like clearly like her male white boss's fault. She yeah. gets kind of the shift, the, uh, the shit for that. She's in a section of the, oh, it's called Manhattan magazine, I think. Uh, and she has kind of like this uh, trio of like, like supporters. Like it's, it's nice. This 
made me feel good about like this idea like of having like mentors or having like the support group which is jeff perry terry kinney as barry the the legendary anna devere smith as maude um and i was just like i just want this part of the relationship this is what i want in my life out of anything in this i don't want massive yacht parties or anything i just want three older people that can just tell me what i'm fucking up or give me advice (laughs) oh that was i would it was so great to see anna devere smith in that too i was like all right legend yeah yeah she's great i mean she's she's been popping up here and there in a few things but she's in the classic shonda land uh uh cartel i believe um Shondaland cartel. I don't know. I don't know what's the right terminology. I don't know, I, but that's amazing. I don't know. I think we <laughs> go with that. The Shondaland cartel, like that. I, I, I'm like I'm. I'm kind of with you in that. Like I re, like I have a lot of respect for Shonda Rhimes's like industriousness and like um, business acumen. Whereas, like I'm like I don't like think this is all. This ain't a twenty four, you know. But it's yeah. all, it's all it's all it's all you know very catchy. It's all hooky. Like I got hooked into this, even though I was just like, "What is?" It's everything that she does, mm-hmm. I think, is like well, can can hook a, yeah. a broad. I think it's the, that's the thing about Shauna, which who I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She makes stuff for a very broad audience, and so when you make something for a very broad audience, you know, then like you end up losing some of the. Uh, the niche, like, <laughs> the nuances, the, the, yeah. The, the stuff that snobs really like. <laughs> okay, yeah. This is a documentary podcast. I forgot to like stuff. <laughs> we are we are the snobs. Um, I oh god. Um, I the the character. Okay, so who's the villain of this whole show? Is it Anna Delvey or Rachel? I would say the villain is Rachel. Yep. Yep. You, like, <laughs> which is. But but you don't realize the villain is Rachel till the very end. Mm-hmm. But what I love about this is that Neff Davis, one of Anna Delvey's real friends, which which that's the thing with consistency. Like if you're gonna change some people's names, but not everybody's names, right. like that was yeah. kind of weird. But like Neff was like a you know a consultant on the show. Oh, right. And so her character so, gets to be the best character. <laughs> so, so doesn't that make a lot of sense? Like, like, cause it's just like in real life, Neff was like, I don't fuck with you. And yeah. I think she was like, she really made sure. Let me make sure people know about Rachel, mm-hmm. which I, I appreciate, honestly, like I respect that. Yeah. Like of the, there's the sort of um, part of the show where it becomes like weird version of Sex in the City. It's like Anna Delvey, uh, her friend Rachel, played by Katie Lowe's, her friend Neff, uh, played by Alexis Floyd, who starts off as someone who's just like clocks her as a source of cash, but then actually seems to be the realest friend she has in the end. Also the only person who ever gets paid back. And, yeah. and I was like, I'm like, I'm wondering about the motives there. Uh, Casey Duke, played by Laverne Cox. And there's these fun, like, kind of like, they are like Sex in the City gang for a little while. But there's already, like, a lot of tension. There's already a lot of tension between Rachel and Neff in the beginning of that. Because Rachel's, like, a spoiled, very spoiled. I'm like, I have this having an argument with my wife about whether Rachel was a Karen or not. I mean, I feel like a Rachel is a Rachel. 
but a Rachel could be a subset of a Karen. I mean, like she calls the she gets like she six um law enforcement on her friend. So that's very Karen. That is very I mean, I don't like I don't really how should I say? This is like what part of the brain should I use for this? The black no. woman, <laughs> the DI brain, as from like a, the, the DI perspective. Okay. I, Karen, I just feel like white women are problematic in general. We don't have to give them a special name. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I hate to say it. I just feel like because I feel like there's Better a answer. I feel like the thing about Rachel, what what she really manifests, and why I say like problematic in general, we're all problematic in general, yeah, right? Sure, sure. Blah blah blah. But the thing about white women is that they have this, they have an identity of being a woman, right? So like this, like have one identity that has experienced a lot of marginalization culturally mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways, coupled with another identity that where you have power, combine mm-hmm. those two, there's a lot of weird things that happen, like sure. a lot of weird flexes that happen where white women will will be like, I, they weaponize their victimhood. And yes, in she ways. definitely did. In the and show. she definitely did like that. And that's where the term Karen, Karen came from, because it was like colloquially, we needed a word to really describe like, what's happening here? It's like, mm-hmm. Yes, you. Yes, there are some marginalized identities that you hold, and you're weaponizing it. So, mm, like, mm-hmm. short short term, we could just call that a Karen. <laughs> I just wanted to say that before we like, sure, go sure. Back like, back. like a, Ra- a Rachel and Karen can be interchangeable in this scenario. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We don't wanna, but like, she, yeah. but she's definitely doing that, and mm-hmm. and like you see how she, you you see how she kind of like on the slick is just kind of like you're not supposed to be here, Neff. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just like I'm supposed to be the one, like. Kiki in with like you know the German heirs. Mm. So what are you doing here? It's just like, what are you do- like? So you see that? Yeah. Uh, the less the there is still an episode dedicated to her perspective though, which is like kind of I found interesting. Like because in the end I'm like she is the villain ultimately of this of the piece. Are you talking about but- the Morocco trip? The Morocco the Morocco episode. Oh my god. Also like that was the best episode. You like that one the best? That was. <laughs> Also weird, there's a weird racism against Morocco in that one. It's like, that, this country's all, ugh. It was, but yes, obviously. But you yeah, see yeah. her, like, you see her be, you see Anna be, like, unlikable, really. Why, really? why I call it the best is that that episode had some, like, for me, had, like, a little uncut gems level tension <laughs> happening. Like, I don't know, George, how recently it's been for you since you had to, like, be like, okay, I'm going to slide my card. I don't know if I have enough funds. <laughs> but for those of us who experience that on a more regular basis, it's like the whole episode was just like, do you have enough funds in your account for this thing? And it was just like, oh, no, I don't. But I don't. And now, and now what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. It's funny you mentioned Uncut Gems because I think I thought that at some point. Actually, I thought the first episode of Squid Games, I was just like, oh, this is Uncut Gems. <laughs> it's just like, du- like doubling down. And this is kind of like... There is a similarity in that like addictive personality of just like just keep going, keep going. Um, also, hilariously, for the real Anna Delvey, is friends with Julia Fox from I Catch Adams. If you've seen that, go around like they're friends and like like I think they're like gonna collaborate or something. Oh my gosh! Oh no. my god! Uh, just another another callback to that. Um, yeah, uh, the Morocco episode. Uh, also, is, has um, the cameraman friend who also like we see this evolution of like 
Um, this actor, he, he's in How I Met Your Father. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's like kind of like, there's a funny scene where it's just like, why is this guy even here? He's there to film, but then like Rachel like works with him and seems to have a crush on him and yeah. then uses this entire thing to be like, he's holding my hand so he can run back to the airport and like turns it into like a relationship down the line. <laughs> and like he disappeared. He's not even the last two episodes. I'm just like, that guy must have just been like, I'm I'm breaking up with you. This is you're terrible. Um, even though they made it like a, they made a little, I mean, she's like, oh, you're dating her. He was like, <laughs> he didn't even want to admit it. <laughs> she's not a stupid person. She's not a dummy. <laughs> That's all he wanted to say. Um, a bunch of other classics. The A, the the DA, uh, Catherine McCaw, Rebecca Henderson. That was like a very perfunctory character, but I liked her. Um, there's just like so many characters. It's nine episodes. So many characters. So many characters. Um, yeah. Uh, so the fact that Rachel tells her own story there in the, that article, you can find so she wrote an article for Vanity Fair as a Condé Nast person who. Um, all right, we're 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 uh, I'm all over the place today because <laughs> <laughs> this is a wild story. Um, did you like uh, Anna Delvey at all as a character? Hmm. I would say. No, this is the I would say. <laughs> I would say no. And at first I would say I was very unsympathetic as, as a, as a black person. Here's the thing with the whole scamming thing. Like it's just interesting to me to see like how so many like wealthy white people get away. And I would say two years had Anna Delvey been black, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like this would have been a completely different story she wouldn't have gone far at all she might have been able to get maybe like five thousand (laughs) dollars she wouldn't have been boarding any planes you know what i mean she she wouldn't even i can't even i can't go anywhere i'd never experience where someone will let me stay in a hotel without putting down a credit card like she would this would be not this would be like a tiktok if anna delvey was black you know what i mean that's that's how long her scams would be able to be yeah so i was like kind of like I do not care. Yeah. But see, but the interesting thing is seeing her relationship with black women. And mm-hmm. I have to say following her now, or again, not following her, right, having right. looked at her social media, dipping into the, uh, dipping into it. Yeah. She had this really weird tweet, maybe like a year ago. That was just right. like, I'll go back to Europe. Sorry. Let me do it in the proper voice. <laughs> I'll go back to Europe when you give black people reparations. And I was just like, girl, what? <laughs> Wild. Are you holding the country hostage? <laughs> what? I I just can't. I actually don't know where to place that or what to do with that. But again, I'm kind of like Neff. I'm, I'm, I'm ride or die. I see black women riding with her and I'm just like, all right, I, I guess, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like if, like when Neff was like, if you're a hustler, just tell me you're a hustler. Just let me know. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that was really relatable. Cause I'm like, all right, if you out here scamming people, just let me know and don't scam me. Oh, one of my favorite Neff lines, like, like, cause it seems like they're work, they're in the hotel. And then she's just like, Oh, these people are like, they're, they're like working poor or whatever. And I was like, yeah, don't, don't say that. 
that's fucked up. Like, and like, oh yes, you need to, she needs more people in her life to actually say shit like this. She didn't obviously have that. Um, as a, mar- a marginalized thing, <laughs> speaking of Anna Delvey, like, w- like e- she's also being held by ice right now. <laughs> this is actually a real thing. Right you know, now like, she's being held by yeah, ice? Yeah, yeah, like she's after, so she got out of prison. I don't know if that was because, partly COVID thing, uh, but then because she's overstayed any visa, like, and everyone knows she's like a criminal, they want to deport her to like Germany. So she's being held by ice. So it's like kind of this other uh factor on top of what you, the other line about like she's somehow gonna have reparations happen she's also being held by ice so i'm just like picturing her with like the foil blanket in a it somewhere but you know wow so she's been held by ice for like how long like i i think at least since sometime in 2021 Dang. yeah it's in it's in the very final scene of the, spoilers we're gonna spoil um <laughs> she is convicted of larceny as i said earlier but um got off on a two charges mm-hmm. so great lawyer for that but yeah um another uh, just a bizarre thing of like y- you don't think of like fake german heiresses in the ice detention center but we should i guess we should start thinking of that um yeah, yeah. um yeah, I I I didn't like her and the, some of her break just very obviously didn't like her. Some of the worst acting she's in a hotel in like Paris and then they like block her credit card and then Julia Garner kind of has like this like breakdown where she's just like blinking and being like my daddy will pay for it. My daddy will pay for it. It's like I'm like okay, I I don't like any of this right now also that was like a, a good friend she had um who, who like it, i did like this period where she's like with this rich lady whose name i'm blanking on um she's a scam she's a she's in the shondaland cartel oh that lady who, who plays. i don't know her name but she yeah. definitely was in scandal and mm-hmm. some and some things i don't know exactly what she does but she's in shonda's cartel <laughs> oh nora radford right kate burton yeah. was a character and um, who who's the guy? Who's the boyfriend she has at this point? Chase? She's got this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The boyfriend who's also um, I don't know the real. Th- I, I I didn't dig into like who the real character was here, but like his app on the show is it's very funny. It's like on the level of like a uh, uh, it's called Wake. It's like you're supposed to like read your dreams or something. <laughs> I'm like I'm like yeah, like kind of like. I can't tell like in here there's certain things I think are like supposed to be parodies but then like you know they don't go all the way uh to full parody but yeah uh she has this boyfriend also like their relationship um not I don't know he he's another scammer he's like another like he's like um you know he's his his business doesn't really exist either so there's all these like people that are like kind of worse than her in some ways i i would say like she at least seems to care about art on an actual level that's what i can't tell like i feel like that's the most relatable thing i felt about julia garner about about anna delvey is like does she actually know a lot about like uh cindy sherman and stuff like that like it's like she learned uh yeah i i don't know i what it seems like she doesn't care because i feel Mm -hmm. like but first it was all about art and artists. And then it was just like, this club will be the most exclusive foundation. Yeah. It was just like, 
first of all, you're going to call it a foundation. But imagine, like, she's just like, but we need another place in New York City for rich and famous people to <laughs> go. There's just not enough. Yeah, no, in Manhattan, there's no, there's not enough. Uh, <laughs> like, I, it made me actually Google Soho Club because it gets referenced a lot. Do you know anything about Soho Club? I, I don't because I'm not rich nor famous. <laughs> so it's funny because it's like she's kind of throwing shade at soho club but it's like it is like started in london it's this like exclusive club that people pay like something like 28 grand a year to be a member of the club and there's like a no social media policy to be in this club and it's sort of like a combo of like a a social club and like a we work for like elites and then she wants to do something that's even more elite than that and like that already like (laughs) soho house it, it sounds pretty gross. I hear the food's good um, from what I've heard. But um, yeah, like they were going to go public until COVID happened. And then obviously like their whole business model kind of like shut down. It's like, we're going to give each other the most exclusive COVID. You know, we're going to have the best <laughs> COVID. The, the only elite COVID will be shared here. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The I did. It, it felt that's one thing I wanted to kind of know is like is the real character actually they claim like she's got like uh like a photographic memory. She's obviously good at like playing the game of like like knowing who's important and like honing in on people and things like that. But um, you know, is that that's that's a skill that I think we all could use a little bit of that skill. <laughs> but um it's like Ultimately, like that's what we say in the end. I feel like we're not supposed to like really like her because she's not likable, but we are supposed to hate Rachel more than her. I think ultimately. Yeah, I mean, on a, on I would say like Vivian's tip. Mm-hmm. I feel like the whole VC finance industry as a whole is bullshit, right? Like yep. that's like one giant scam. And mm-hmm. as I start to think about it, I'm just like, well, why is that? Like you know, like. You, you know, being in the Bay, you see how many yeah. billions and millions are thrown at like app companies. And it's just like, why does this person get it? Like, this isn't even a completely like solid idea. And they get money often without doing any sort of work. And once you once you're like, once you're around that enough, or like, at least in some proximity where you've seen it, you're just kind of like, what? <laughs> I think yeah. also a good time to to let the listeners know Luna and I worked on an app that like <laughs> it, like we, we did. made a we yeah we did a presentation you got a video like it looks like the process that most apps go through for uh, our 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 satirical app um, but yeah we did like, and it it was like very popular until. It crashed because like, oh, did it crash? I didn't even know it crashed. It didn't crash. It was just that Apple updated their oh, stuff, and then so we would have had to update it. It was like years later, so it was like oh, that's fine. Yeah. But anyway, we got zero funding. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? Yep. And had proof of concept. It was a satirical app, but like there's there's satirical apps all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe one of us should have pretended to be. Yeah. The weekend is, is the point. We should all make our apps. Let's all make our apps. Maybe I should have, like, should I have pretended to be, well, the, the, when I was living in the Bay, there was a couple of times that a friend and I, we would go to all these, like, open houses mm-hmm. and we literally pretended to be princesses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're the scammer. I from think. Zamunda. From 
Zamunda, George. Oh, Zamunda, of course. Yes. <laughs> Do you Zamunda, know where? Zamunda. You know. Oh yeah, we all know where Zamunda is. <laughs> but literally, like this lap, late we were. My best late. friend is from Zamunda. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're looking. Uh, we're looking at this apartment, and this lady is just like, "Oh my gosh, your accents are so lovely. Where are you from?" And we were like, "We are from Zamunda." <laughs> she was just like. Oh, oh lovely. <laughs> we were like looking at these open houses, just like, oh, do you think daddy would love to live here? It would be so well, that's my German accent. I got it. I got it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Zamunda. <laughs> and the Anna yes. Delvey of Zamunda. Yeah. <laughs> if only. Yeah. If only. So yeah. what did we learn? What did we did I did we learn anything from this nine hour this nine hour thing? Firstly. Could have been six or seven. I think I say you cut out the Germany episode. I cut learned out almost Germany. nothing from yeah. the Germany episode. It's like maybe some trauma caused this. No, she was always like this. Oh well, at least we got to go film in Germany. Like, yeah, like, definitely cut out the out Germany. Germany. There was like maybe like one of the first or two. Ep- one of the first three episodes could have been boiled down to one. I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. Um, as well. Well, and just like the, I don't know, you get a good montage at the end Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after like, you know, like one of those episodes was also like tying things up now, like like, what? We don't care. Yeah. Like Vivian's baby, fake Vivian's baby is now three. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Also the, uh, first the uh, actress, he's also in succession. Oh, they're both uh, in yeah. succession together. And Stewie. Adrian Moyad. Oh, yeah, Stewie. And then, like, right, like, his wife is played by Caitlin. Is it Caitlin Fitzgerald? Yeah, she's in She's in Ocean, uh, not Ocean's Eleven. She's in Station Eleven also. She, they're, like, the two in New York. And Sweet Bitter, a show that no one watched. Uh, except <laughs> I really movie. like her face and her, I like her, like her as an actress. Like, when she pops yeah. up, I was like, this lady, I don't know her name, but I'm always Caitlin like. Caitlin Fitzgerald, that's what it is, yeah. 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 But, like, we don't, we didn't need that, like, will you or won't you go to that Mexican vacation? Like, we didn't really need that. No, that could have been cut that. out. Yeah. <laughs> didn't need that. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, like, I, get, I, I was trying to, like, figure out, like, what was going on there of, like, I, I think, like, we get the relationship between. Anthony Edwards, who plays Alan Reed, who like views Anna as sort of like his own daughter, who is a spoiled brat, who's just like trying a bunch of different things. He's like, at least this girl has vision. At least this girl has like kind we of. We did that. Agenda. That was helpful. That was yeah. helpful. That gave us a little background into him. As far as like what drives Todd, I mean, I think there's this sort of early scene, uh, Adrian Moyad's character, Todd, the lawyer, the defense lawyer, sort of like, I feel like a, a pretender when I'm around all these rich people. So I relate to her, but I'm like, yeah, but that is self-awareness. Like it's something that does seems to be really missing with the Anna Delby characters, like n- not having any form of self-awareness, um, yeah. you know, like, again, like makes it hard to build a show around her. So we get uh, instead a uh, very good Anna Chlumsky being, like a, a thorough independent journalist type person. And um, that's a relatable person. And the relatable people are Neff and Vivian. And, and Casey. And Casey is relatable, yeah. Casey is like too good, actually. <laughs> like too like forgiving and too like above it. Um, but, oh. Yeah, 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say there's another character where, you know, there's like the rich lady on the yacht. I was trying to figure out if that was supposed to be like a real celebrity, like um, when these like food host people, like a Chrissy Teigen or some type of person, you know? (laughs) I guess I feel like she was a stand in for like a bunch of different celebrities. Right, probably a bunch of people. She was interesting because she was like somehow still relatable. Like she understood like, I have a lot of money, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And I didn't earn it. But like, and seeing her, seeing someone who is like, really wealthy with a sense of like self connect and with generosity and, and like, generosity like that tension was actually really interesting to watch like mm-hmm. between like that conversation she had where just like it's actually better when you earn it yourself between mm-hmm. her and anna like mm-hmm. that was really interesting to watch and i'm glad that you know the the one thing that i was just kind of like did we need this did we need this whole character like i literally thought like they pulled up that doctor the psychologist towards the end and that conversation, and it was interesting, but oh, I'm yeah, like, yeah. wow, you're giving this guy like a lot of lines and like, now I care about this doctor. What's he doing now? Like, where's- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, after her Chateau Marmont thing? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, there was all this stuff is like, just like, like she didn't really commit to attempt suicide. Like she's not, she's just another manipulation. And and yeah, like that, there was a guy that was there for that. Yeah, I ultimately- felt like uh i'm i I don't i don't know that i would recommend this to other people to watch i just forced you to watch it no like i it was enjoyable though it was like a popcorn enjoyable thing um it doesn't say as much about like scammer culture like why we're in the scammer culture moment as much as it does just like uh shonda got a good deal with netflix you know she gets to make like whatever like you know nine episodes of the like is what is what i'm learning about this industry especially from the doc sides like sometimes you just pitch the number of episodes and then you fill out what happens in them. Whoa, really? Yeah, at least with the doc side that's what i was hearing um you could you just say it's six parts and then you go through everything you have and you're like we're gonna have to pad two of these parts out, and I it might have been something along those lines because I feel like this uh, this is a sprawl. It's a huge sprawl, um, and at the end, I'm like, I still don't understand why she did this stuff. Like, it's like it's like maybe we're not supposed to know. I think I mean? we're not supposed. I think there is no what what one of the lines that hit me really hard was when her, and I'm not a, I'm not a mother. When her mother was just like children come through you, not from you. Mm. That I did find that was thick. Again, they we didn't need the whole episode for that. They could have put that somewhere else. Sure. But I found that to be really powerful and the kind of like, well, why is she this way? Was there some trauma? And it's just like, sometimes people just be like that. I know. <laughs> that's, that's what it took nine episodes. Sometimes people be like that. I'm like, it that reminds- should have been the name of the show. <laughs> it reminds me when I was like, so I was, uh, I have my clinical social work background. I was a practicing therapist for like a short period of time, like in the social work frame. And when I was first learning the DSM, you know, all these different oh, yeah. categories, I remember being like, Shouldn't there be just a DSM category or like diagnosis for just a stank ass bitch? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, can we just put that in the DSM? Like, you know, like, you know, sometimes we just need that. Yeah. And I feel like that's Anna Delvey, you know, and 
I feel like according to her social media, she'll say it herself. You know? Yeah, yeah. Stink. But she would have said it herself. Yeah, I, I I think that is as good a place as I need to wrap up our conversation <laughs> on inventing Anna. Uh, she sometimes it'd be like that. Um, <laughs> Luna, uh, tell us some more about uh, what you're up to, and also like you you mentioned that you had you thought there was I I didn't see any video attached to this but there is like uh an idea for someone should make a documentary about something a pitch a doc um, you had uh, oh. mentioned a <laughs> I did. so what i'm actually up to is i will i will really well i'll pitch this doc first so there a, a friend of mine who's on the on the thing i'm about to pitch shared to me that there's like a texas butthole tickling bandit who's finally <laughs> been caught oh he's been caught and okay He's been caught, and he shared the link with me. And Netflix commented on on the uh, oh yes with like don't tempt us. So I yes. feel like Netflix already knows that this could be. I feel like this is perfect for like a parody doc. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, like American the, Vandal. Yeah. Yeah, like someone has been breaking into homes and tickling people's buttholes, which is sexual assault. It is. That's weird. that's a violation. Yeah. That's a violation. So it's not that funny, but 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 buttholes. The picture also is funny. The picture is funny, <laughs> and buttholes in general are funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, <laughs> and tickling is funny. Yeah, um, tickling is always funny. <laughs> so, so Netflix but, is aware that they're kind of like engaged. That there is a butthole like, bandit. Also, the phrase "butthole bandit" is funny. And also the 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 headline "bums unclench everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> Very clever. Good, good Very one, clever. internet. Good one, internet. You got it. Bums unclench everywhere. <laughs> Anyway, so yes, Netflix should do that. And what I'm actually up to, um, Joy Channel, like I, like I shared, we do a bunch of creatives who are also change agents, and we are producing our very own first podcast coming out March 24th, actually Ooh. called Masculinity, like masculinity. Ah. I have uh, three co-hosts, uh, three hombres, three dudes uh-huh. <laughs> of, of sorts, Um who will be talking about aspects of masculinity and bringing on all kinds of guests with various backgrounds and gender identities to really explore the expansion of masculinity. Um, I'm really excited. I'm the producer on that. And it's like, it's my, it's my baby that has come oh. through me, not from me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I slightly offended that I was not asked to be a co-host on this because <laughs> if anyone defines masculinity, I think George <laughs> Chen might be one of the top uh top beta dogs well, in the game. Yes, <laughs> we'd love to bring you on as a guest. Okay, yes, yes. Happy <laughs> happy to talk about uh, uh uh crying about my dad all the time. Okay. <laughs> uh Luna, it's been a pleasure. Uh where can people find you on Yield Internet? Everything you by a very uh, hard last name to spell. My last name is Malbro. You spell it with an x, but everything you can find for me if you just Luna is America on Twitter. On Instagram, also my website is www.lunasamerica.com. And then joychannel.org, you can find us there if you want to know more about my brilliant um, Safer for Work <laughs> consulting. <laughs> nice. And uh, check out Equitable app if you yes. haven't yet. It's something Give George and together. I money also. Yeah, Just exactly. send us money because we, we created an app that was better than Wake. Yeah, it was definitely better than Wake. Uh, take us on your your Greek island yacht vacation. 
let, we'll have a lost daughter experience out there. All right. <laughs> Only Netflix references forever. Uh, Luna, thank you so much for being on SupDoc and this fun biopsy episode. Thanks. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about SupDoc at subdocpodcast.com. Our theme music was written by David Siegel, and our executive producer is Will Scoville. Our associate producer is Nick Coltis, and our editor is Karen Hogg. Donate to the show through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash subdocpodcast. If you want to help out in other ways, please share this show with a friend. Join the Doc Talk and check out our hot takes, pictures, and videos on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We're Subdoc Podcast on all those platforms. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts. Find Paco and George's comedy gigs on the About Us page on our site. Subdoc is by Doc fans for Doc fans. So if you want to advertise, got a film, or opinions to share, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you and what you're docking out on. Email us at subdocpodcast at gmail.com.